Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong. Rob McIntyre is who hey, knows where he is right now. He's he's out on the lamb. He's at a five G protest. Five uh, G protest where he's uh, declaring the uh, city council members deep state. Uh, it's come to that point. We're just kidding. For all of you who think we're serious, we're just kidding. Inside jokes. I think he's currently on his way to Las Vegas to see his boyfriend Drew Locke play this. <laughs> uh so it's it's an eventful time for rob uh we are here to cover the reunion that aired last night i didn't even see all of it i know (laughs) i mean if you i thought about this last night if you sat there and watched all three hours with communion or with commercials you're a sick fuck you know like you, you are hardcore I, I DVR'd it and was kind of, I, I probably watched 70 to 80% of it, but there was just some of it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then we got to the two hour mark and it was over and they just started airing all stars too. I'm like, Oh, thank God it's over. I could stop. <laughs> I, I forgot to do this. Let's just do this right now before we go on much further. Patron shout outs, Stefan, Jack Reeves. Oh, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. If you too would like to become a patron, Go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles, subscribe for $4 a month, get a bonus episode per week. You'll help continue the podcast. Go on back to the reunion. So wait, did they show another episode of all stars? It was just episode one. And didn't they show episode one last week as well? They did after the final, they aired episode one. So for whatever reason, they unadver- they didn't advertise they were doing this. It just said the challenge three hours on the guide and the reunion ended at two hours and then all stars two episode one started playing. That's so bizarre. I don't get why they decided to do that. So essentially it was two parts of the reunion, right? I think somewhere yeah. I saw that it was part one of the reunion and part two of the reunion. Yeah. They grouped those together and just lumped in an episode of all stars. I'm guessing just to beat the, or to game the DBRs, right? That's so exactly what it was work for people yeah. and hopefully people just continue to watch through. I think that's probably a good strategy, but that's definitely pretty deceptive. It is pretty deceptive. I, I also wonder too, if it was a situation where contractually MTV was like, we need two 90 minute episodes for this reunion. They started editing the reunion and went, there's no way we can do three hours and people not want to put a gun in their mouth. So what if we did two and then just tack on all stars, but don't tell anybody and MTV is like, fine. I thought I messaged the two of you last night. I thought it was so bizarre that this was filmed, not in front of an audience. The entire feel of the stage that they had set up for this was just really creepy. I, I can't imagine what it was like one to be the host of it which was Maria Menudo's and she always does an exceptional Dude, job. Dude, she is by far the best reunion host they ever get. She is phenomenal at her job. So she did a phenomenal job, but then I cannot imagine what it would be like to participate in this, right? Because you were essentially acting this out for no one, right? This is all it, it, yeah. for a group of people that pretty much does this to get attention, right? And I think that's kind of what I thought of when they started to talk with Emmanuel and they yes. confronted Emmanuel about how he told Michelle and Tori that he loved them. And they were like, why do you, why do you do this? Does this just mean less to you? And I'm just thinking, he just wants to get on fucking camera. Like that's all this comes down to. That's what like 
that's what dictates the majority of the actions of the people on this show. They just want to get on TV. That's it. Like, and I love how Amanda's like, shut up, Emmanuel. You're just trying to get a call back. <laughs> that's what she said. She that's exactly what she said. There was a moment where he started talking and she goes, you can shut up. You're not getting called back. And just like went, I was like, holy shit. At least she said the truth. I mean, good Lord. We don't need to see him back. He did nothing. He contributed nothing to this season. I mean, in the, so I, I guess I saw half of this, like in the half that I saw, I'm not even really sure if I learned anything more than I already knew going into this, right? Like oh. in, in what you saw, what were you able to glean that we didn't know beforehand coming into this? There was nothing that I felt was new information to me, at least. And a lot of it is because you and I have learned, and Rob too, I should include Rob, he's not here. So the three of us, we have really learned to read between the lines on this show. And all of the revelations were stuff that we had assumed that we were correct about. You know, they made game decisions based on friendships and not to win. Like that was really what it boiled down to. People were getting so offended because their friendship outside of the show was being affected by the game that they started making game decisions to like keep their friends safe or whatever, instead of it actually benefiting their game. And CT as part of his zoom in and Corey, I actually felt Corey and Amanda were the MVPs of the reunion. And I can't believe I was saying that about Corey. But when he came in, he just was real talk about everything. He, you know, when Devin betrayed him on the show, Corey was just like, or Josh did it. Josh betrayed Corey. And they had that conversation and it just kept going back and forth. And the more I was listening to it, I was like, no, Corey has the right attitude here. Like Josh is friends with everybody. And then he tells everybody what they want to hear. And then he cries when he has to betray one of them. And it's just like, dude, it's, it's, it's the game. Like you can't make promises to everybody. So don't do that. I don't know if, if it worked for him. I mean, it worked for him. I couldn't believe we had to relitigate yet again, the entire Amber B big brother drama, whether or not Amber B is fake. I like in my mind that happened years ago. Yes. Right? That was part of the season. Yeah. That actually took place as part of spies, eyes and allies. Yes, it did. And, and- I, I actually see both sides of the argument, like completely. I don't know. I think, I think Casey, I guess that was one piece that we did learn that Casey brought up that I think is definitely pivotal to what happened between Big Brother and Amber B and that we weren't necessarily aware of. Yeah. That before the game started, Amber B was apparently screaming like screw Big Brother or I don't even remember. I don't even remember exactly what Casey said. But Amber B pretty much made it seem like she would not work with Big Brother. And yeah. so Amber B enters the game. In case your argument is, if that's the attitude that you had be before the game, how am I supposed to trust you? Right? I think that's very valid. It's um, a very valid point, like completely valid point. And sorry, everybody, I've got like nasal drip. So I apologize for the visual you're getting right now. He was just doing a little, little nose candy last night, you know. <laughs> no that is a joke that is a joke everybody i was out drinking on a patio and i got too cold <laughs> what uh where did you go eat oh we were just at a local bar this we weren't eating we were just we guys met up for christmas and we hung out and 
I sat on a patio in 32 degree weather for three hours with a little heater. And that was stupid. Someone was telling me that those heat lamps are, and you may have told me this, uh, or it was someone else that those heat lamps that they have at restaurants are shockingly cheap. Oh yeah, dude. I have one in my house. It's like a hundred bucks on Amazon. It's worth every penny too, man. Cause if you like me in the wintertime, I stick mine out on my back deck and it will heat the whole deck for like four people. Like it's great. And all it costs you really is a hundred bucks. I paid like $20 for a cover and then uh, you have to buy a propane tank. So, you know, 50 bucks and then it's $20 for a refill moving forward. They just rip through propane though. Uh, It can. Yeah. So like I use it probably twice a week and I'll go through a propane tank about once a month. It's 20 bucks a month. It's not terrible. All right. Then there are some people that use it every day and they're going through propane every week. So it just depends. So Amber B cries yet again. She dismayed about what happened between the Big Brother Alliance and her. I don't even remember what Fessy's take on this was. I think Fessy said something about it. I think it was just that he didn't trust her, right? Yeah, that was all he said was he just didn't trust her. I thought it was funny when Huey tried to say all the people in the house who didn't say that Amber B was fake. And he somehow included Josh in one of the people who said that she was fake or didn't necessarily stick up for Amber B. And he, there were, there was fireworks there. Josh vehemently denied that. I I didn't really get what he was trying to get at. I I don't know. I guess he was trying to get at that. Like there would be a group of people in the room and they would all be talking about Amber B as fake, but then people like Josh wouldn't defend her, say anything. They would just either smile or not along. So his point was, if you disagree, you should say something. If you aren't saying anything, then you must at least to some point agree with the group in the room. I think that's complete bullshit. I I don't think it's Josh's responsibility to stick his neck out there and put himself uh, out front to defend Amber B and potentially jeopardize his game. That's exactly the way I feel. It's different if you're not involved in a game and someone's knocking your friend like that. When you're inside of a game, you can't do that even if you disagree because then you start picking sides and truthfully the best way to get through the challenge is to have a side picked but keep it real quiet and just kind of skate through i mean i i think that's something that we've heard from brad and uh listening to johnny's podcast If, if, if you listen to this podcast and you don't listen to johnny's podcast on spotify actually i think it's on itunes as well i would definitely recommend it yeah. And that's something that he brings up. And I, I think he brought up on the episode that he did with Brad, which I thought was very good. I, I still need to finish the rest of it. It's but excellent. he talked about how you have to kind of pick a side. You pick a side and you ride to the end with that side. And that's kind of in opposition to the way that some people try and play, right? Where they try and be friends with everyone. And it, through the process of being friends with everyone, eventually they do have to pick a side. And that's where it gets really messy, yeah. right? And that's why the Josh Corey situation was so fascinating to me because like Josh was trying to defend himself and he just made himself look worse in my opinion, because it was like, Hey, they showed the conversation where Corey and Nelson were talking and saying, I don't think Josh really does have our back. I think he's got his own agenda. And Nelson was like, yeah, I think you're right. And Josh chose Logan over Corey, even though he and Corey have worked together before and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it just gets messy. Like you can't, 
you can't be you you can't be nice to everybody in this game like you have to unfortunately sometimes vote your friends in and the question mark becomes well do i vote in the person whom i've just spent time with or do i vote in the person who i've played with before and probably will play with again like to me it's a no-brainer you stick with the people you've played with before because you don't know if logan's going to get asked back yet yeah i mean let's hope they ask none of these people back i think that's my takeaway from this, is that depend, depending on what happens going into next season when we start to see the cast come out and who, who will be uh brought back I think that will probably dictate a lot about what we do on this podcast. I don't know if I can make it through again. I, I don't. I, like, I might have to like we we might have to bring in one more person, and I can cover Survivor with them, and we can come up with some type of rotation. But I don't know if I can make it through another nineteen episodes of this. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's giving me hope is who's getting calls for next season. And at the end of the reunion, TJ came on. And dropped a really big, I think, little Easter egg hint. And I'm hoping that it happens. So we'll cover that when we get to. Oh, we'll go ahead and cover it then. So TJ comes on from uh, an undisclosed location doing, quote unquote, challenge activities. Now, if you look at the dates of when the reunion were, they were filming All Stars 3 while this reunion was going on. So TJ zoomed in from, I think, Panama was where they were I can't remember where they filmed all stars three I think it's Panama anyway um he basically told the entire cast you better be ready and so my hunch is is that we are going to start to see some of the all-stars cross-pollinate into the main show because I mean we've seen the male cast for all stars three I mean Jordan Wes you name it like they're they're there and bananas was almost there so I think we're about to get a huge vet season for number 38. And that's why they pushed it from January back to March is they're clearing the deck to make this a happen. At this point, not, not only are the people that they cast on all stars better from an overall character perspective, <clears throat> but physically in a number of cases, they're better as well. Right. Yeah. We talked about this. We talked about this during the last All Stars discussion for episode. I, I don't recall what episode we're on for All Stars. We're on number seven. But Jody, at this point, has proven to be a better competitor than pretty much any of the women that are currently on the main show. It's right? the truth. Like she yeah. is by far heads and shoulders above everyone else that was on this cast. And even when you look to the men, there are a number of men that are better competitors than a lot of the men that were on this season. If it, if the top Brad, Darrell, I mean, I would even throw Latarian in there. I know we joke about it, but like, I think Latarian's better than a lot of these people. And, you know, you've also got uh, MJ. I mean, there's some real heavy hitters that could come on and contribute now. Well, even Jordan, right? I mean, Jordan now, yes, because he's on All Stars three that hasn't aired yet. Uh, I mean, I would take Mark Long over a lot of these people. I know there's a lot of people not on the Mark Long bandwagon. Derek Kay, same thing. Even though he's annoying the crap out of me on All Stars, uh, but I mean, he's still worth casting on the main show competitively. And I think they're a lot better than a lot of the people, especially some of the rookies that they've casted. I think that's one aspect that I hope they look at themselves in the mirror and think a lot about. And that's whether or not it was worthwhile to bring this large number of rookies on this season. And I hope that they come back and 
decide that it was a complete failure yeah. because I don't know if anyone can, can justify uh, that this was a su- success. No. And I, can we just talk about this now? That ending with Emmy singing alien and the whole cast wearing alien shirts and holding glow sticks. I, I don't know what the fuck they're trying to attract at this point, like 12 year old girls, like, and here's the thing. Emmy lip synced like the first minute of this. I can't believe I sat through this whole thing. Emmy <laughs> lip synced like the first bit. Cause it was so auto tuned to death. I wanted to just rip my ears out. And then when she actually started singing, it was like, she was talk rapping and it just was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know what I'm watching. I don't know who they think they're appealing to here. It's almost like some 40-year-old person is like, this is what the kids are into today. Let's do this. And they're just way off the mark. Like, it was cringe city. And I can imagine CT is sitting at home going, I'm so fucking glad I wasn't there because I would not have wanted to put on an alien shirt and a glow stick and dance around with Emmy. Like, I just, it was like when Fonz jumped the shark on Happy Days. That was the way it felt to me. It was like, they should never fucking do this. And yet here we are. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that they need to look at the show, see what's actually working, right? Take the things that actually are working and everything that isn't working, just kick it to the curb, right? It doesn't matter if you've done it forever. It doesn't matter if uh, you... Oh, we, we, We've we, got a run-in. We've got a Rob McIntyre sighting. Something's happening, everyone. There's uh, a disturbance in the force. Rob McIntyre, are you with us? Hmm. We are live, sir. We are recording. Oh, (laughs) welcome to the show. Hot mic, hot mic, but you're good. Uh, We were just talking about uh, the Emmy Alien performance. Okay, I was just saying, did we complain about that yet, or have we not gotten that? We're right in the middle of it. Devin was making a point about something, and then we'll let you chime in on this because I want to hear your take. Go, Devin. Uh, so I still have not seen the alien performance. If it's anything like Trace described, it sounds like a masterpiece that the show has never seen before. Rob, what was your take on it? Rob. I, I, I lost you again. I apologize. It's okay. What, what was your take on the Emmy alien performance? I mean, it, if I wasn't doing this show, I definitely would have skipped about uh, past it. Like I, I just, not much really. I'm curious how much she got or how much she paid MTV for this promo God. that she did for a single. I mean, it seemed like the cast had fun while they were there, but like, I could not care less, man. I was telling Devin that it was the jump the shark moment of the show. Like, would you, would you ever in a million years, let's go back to Rivals 1, okay? Can you imagine the cast from Rivals 1 putting on glowing alien shirts dancing around while someone lip syncs for a minute and then starts not lip syncing but it's like talk rapping and then them all just dance around like it's the greatest thing ever this is a little bit of this is a little bit of inside baseball for everyone but before the reunion last night and yesterday when we discussed (laughs) about what we would record for this episode rob jokingly said we should just watch the rivals two reunion and I knew he was joking, but I was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> and we thought about just watching the Rivals 2 reunion, giving, I think, what everyone 
of our patrons would want, and a lot of the people that listen to the show would actually want us to talk about. We didn't do it. We fucked up. We should have. Done we it. should have. Uh, I mean, good. Man, the desperate union sucked, man. <laughs> like it was just bad. Like it was. It was all just like weird, like bad girls club style drama that I didn't care about at all. There was no like anything about alliances in the house. There wasn't even anything really funny. Like, did you laugh at all during this reunion? Not, no. not, like maybe I cringed a lot. Like I cringed. Like just. Ugh. Everyone seemed very vitriolic and hateful. Like, I mean, if Amanda wasn't there, like, I, people would probably give her some shade for how she acted. But I don't know what else they would have talked about. I'll be quite there. honest with you: if Amanda wasn't at this reunion, they wouldn't have had a reunion because there was nothing happened. to talk about. I don't know what they would have done. She was pretty much she was the MVP of the season, and she was the MVP of this reunion. There was all the conversation about between what happened between her and Fessy, what happened between her and Tori, about her and what Michelle, happened, her and Michelle. I mean. It, it, she was pretty much like the arbiter of the entire narrative. I take away from this episode that Fessy is a single douchebag. And if you're a female thinking about dating him, you should run far away because this dude literally is just going to screw anything that comes across his path. And that's he, fine if that's what he wants to do and he's single, but don't like, I actually am fully on Amanda's side here. Don't come to me and say that you are an idiot and you want to make it work and that you can change and then after she gets on the plane, go screw somebody after your fight. Like, it just, like, dude, like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, man. So, so in one season, we have Amanda, Bettina, Tori, and Michelle. Like that, that, That's a pretty stacked lineup. That's pretty crazy. So, uh, but, like, yeah, I just, I, I, I just, I really thought the reading was not good. I didn't think Maria Menendez did a bad job. I thought the formatting was terrible. I, I, I thought the, I, I brought this up already, and I brought it up in our text message thread. I thought the set that they were on was like creepy. It was it's really weird. Yeah, it was, it was like a it was like a Doctor Evil type set, and it doesn't didn't seem like very conducive for just. Why like, was she so far away from the rest of the cast? I think it was COVID related. They were just trying. But they, to they, the rest out. of the cast wasn't that far away from each other. Yeah, you know I, I mean, don't... like Maria Menounos is like in the middle, and the rest of them are like twenty feet away. I don't know. All I know is that they spent a lot of money to get that set built. That's what was crazy to me is like, that was not cheap to do what they did. And then it's like, okay. The, so there was one part that I do remember that I don't know if I would say that I laughed. I don't recall. It may have been a chuckle, but I did think it was funny when someone asked Kyle, if he won, because he was in second place with Tori, if he won, if he would have decided to split the money with people and I think CT was like, no fucking way. This house. <laughs> like, I don't trust Kyle. Someone made the comment that there's no way Kyle's splitting the money. I mean, I think Tori definitely would have wanted to. Though. I don't know how that yeah. would have worked at that point. I think he would have, but I don't know that they would have given away as much as CT and Casey did. I think they, everybody would have gotten 10 or 20 grand. Or the, the, other thing grand. That, the other thing that bothers me, so I, I've listened to a couple of podcast episodes recently just about the season in general. Uh, Tori did one challenge many. I thought was very good. They had Devin on the Tori Nanisa episode uh, podcast today. And they talked about a couple of things and all of them talked about how fun the season was. They're like, Oh, the season was great. Everybody had a great time. They're all partying around all these funny things happen. They actually describe a couple of things that happened in the house that did seem funny and they just don't air it. They don't they like, don't. like, I mean, we got the, did you, did you guys see the shit they should have shown that they had on the YouTube page? They have a shit show on the YouTube page. Well, okay. So they have what's called a shit they should have shown. They air no clips. It just pairs of people talking about things that happened in the house that were funny. They don't even air them. Like you have a thousand cameras in the house. Just put it on TV. I don't, I don't get why. 
I, I don't care what they're doing. So, I mean, they obviously need to show more of that type of footage for us to get more enjoyment out of the show, right? So I think it's definitely possible that they're leaving a lot on the cutting room floor there. And that's kind of the same type of thought that I had with TJ when he, we didn't talk about this during the final episode, but Nelson loses the final elimination. He has to go home. He's devastated. TJ goes up to him and talks to him about how, you know, just take it a day at a time and it's going to get to the point where you don't even think about this anymore and it gets a lot better. I thought that was one of TJ's better moments in years. And it made me think that there are probably numerous instances like that where TJ gives us good content and kind of not necessarily expands on his role as a host, but shows a little bit more charisma and personality. And we just don't get it because the editors and production decide that for whatever reason, it's not necessarily what they want to portray. I think in particular these past few seasons, they've wanted him to be kind of this uh, overlord, uh, like uh, that's without emotion. The spy master head of the CIA. The fucking handler. What is this bullshit? The handlers, the cells. Get this garbage the fuck out of here. It's just what that's just what they, I really think so much of the problems with this show are from executives who don't know what's going on. It's the equivalent of when like the Lakers are bad because their owners suck and their owners meddle in things. They don't let people who know what they're doing actually do what they should be doing. So the Washington you know football I, team as well. Yeah, with Dan, exactly. With Dan, with, you see so many sports franchises with, with owners that are bad that cause problems. I think that's so many of the issues that we have. There's too many hands in the cookie jar that think they know what the challenge should be. And it's like, no, the challenge has been on for 37 years and it was successful for 30. And then it had a couple bright spots and now it's back in the toilet again. Like we're in final reckoning territory again with this show. Like I'm hoping that next season, if it's going to be what I think it is, that it's a war of the worlds type season where we're just blown away by how good it is. I I I think the next season has a thousand different directions it could go. Like, yeah, I don't so, think we can assume anything. Sorry for the people that have already heard us talk about this, but I want to bring Robin on this. So the TJ thing at the end of the episode was so revealing to me because he said he was from a secret location. The dates line up. He was, he was, he was filming all stars three is where he was when he zoomed in. And then he told everybody on the stage to be ready for more challenge things like that coming. I really think that all stars cast members are heading to season 38. We'll just have to say, I mean, that might be who they need to, like, they might, they might force their hand. You know what I mean? Like, that well, the All-Stars being so much better, I think you have to put, bring them Well, there's that, and it seems like a lot of the main, I guess that's hard to do the show at this point. Like, I mean, it's just three months long. Who has well, that? Don't do a three-month long season. We've talked about this. Accelerate the filming. It's oh. easy. All-Stars has shown us you can have 24 fucking people on a season and be done in three weeks. I mean, we've, we've seen it from All-Stars and we've seen it from Survivor, too. That's exactly what Survivor did this last season. Hey, earlier seasons of the show that aren't even that long ago. It took Survivor from 39 days to 26 days. And so pretty much in every instance, we've seen that a shorter season is more successful, right? When have we, when have we seen a longer season be more successful? And, and, necessary, and, and it be successful because of that increase of time. Yeah, I would say World of the Worlds one and Dirty Thirty are the two. Is that is one of the ones that won that long of an? Um, it's fifteen episodes. Though? It's sixteen nope. episodes, but at each an hour, that's still a lot shorter than yeah. what it is now. Yeah, that's that's still true. That's fair. I forgot about the fact that ninety minutes didn't really come into play until we got to. That was World of the Worlds two. Yeah, yeah, but also, like, how long did it take to film it? World of the Worlds. I don't think it was as long as some of the others. It was, it was like wrong. 8 to 10 weeks compared to 12 to 14, which is okay. what Spies, Lies, and Alec. But that's also because they shut down for quarantine and they had to quarantine that's ahead fair. of time. So like it adds 
what would be an eight to 10 week filming is now 12 to 14 because of quarantines. Yeah. I mean, what, what did you guys really have to take away from it? There was nothing to me that was like, like they didn't even, they didn't ask them, like, did you guys ever think about putting CT in? That wasn't even a question at all. Nope. One no other thing that was really, it's been really odd to me with this season is Casey and Nani's elimination was like this big culmination. But I feel like we never got the relationship at all throughout the season. We got we their one, we got their date, the fake date, and that was it. We did get a little bit of it. And I think it was never like conflict, though. No, never. I mean, and I think that's why they didn't show it, right? Is because they were pretty much on the same page the entire time. They went through the season pretty much unabated. This was one of the... Nobody touched them. This was one of the most dominating wins of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In in the end, at no point was it ever mentioned that she would be an elimination, right? That someone would throw her in or that someone would even call her in. Yeah. And this is 19 episodes. The only time she went in was in the final with the janky elimination twist. That's it. Yeah, so because like I even think about like Back to War of the Worlds too, which is a season I have some mixed feelings on. But like with the couples that season, we had four I think really dynamic couples. We had Polly Cara, Tori Jordan, Cam Leroy, and D. Rogan. All of them were distinct. But we also got a lot of them what happened, and it wasn't even necessarily strife like you know Cara and Polly arguing necessarily. As much as we saw their place in the game, we saw them strategize, we saw them deal with different things. I mean, maybe that just didn't happen to the two of them. But I felt like we could have gotten a little bit more of that if Casey ended up winning, and that was such a such a big culmination point for them. But I also think that that's part of the the role that Casey plays and the way she plays the game. Like she even said on the reunion, she's like, "I don't say anything, you know. Like <laughs> I keep my mouth shut, and I do this and I do that, and I only open up to certain people." And so, like, there's nothing to show. And then on top of that, her and Nani's relationship was already in place and active before they even showed up for filming. So it's not like you're getting, uh, we're meeting or finally getting together. It was like they were already together. So there's no drama to it. It's just them together on the show. And in Casey's way of playing the game is the right way to play, by the way. But it's not necessarily entertaining as a viewer. So what do you do? It's not Dee and Rogan who meet on the show and get all lovey-dovey it's not jordan and tori where jordan's proposing to tori and then you've got polly and cara but polly is just a keg of dynamite on the show so he's gonna be in the middle of everything robin brought brought this up before in our last episode when casey went one and i thought about it since then about whether like where does casey rank all time is she a top five female competitor of all time i don't know i've I've thought about it I, i definitely think it's possible because She's only been on three seasons. She's made it to three finals. And in each of those instances, they're pretty dominant appearances where she's controlled the flow of the game. I don't think, I don't really remember in Total Madness exactly what happened, Rob. But I think even then, there was pretty much no real conflict with her potentially not making it to the end of the game. I think the hard thing with Total Madness is that it was such a weird season. There were very few people who really were on the bat at the end of the pool. Like it was like Jay d at different points like it wasn't like there were a lot of people who were in consistently adverse situations but yeah i, I think she i mean like her resume and emily strong's are very similar like if you just look at it statistically they have three all seasons right. one 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 other eliminations they've ever been in she's so, got better politically than emily though so l- let's let's pivot slightly here mm-hmm. and let's discuss what pretty much everyone listening at this point wants us to hear wants to hear our feedback on so if Fessy and CT were in a boxing match, one, what would be the line? And two, who would win? Are they meeting at a certain weight? 
Uh, well, I mean, I think that they would have to be uh, heavyweights, right? Because mm-hmm. how much do you... I think Fessy weighs much more than him is what I'm getting at. Um, I know, that's what I mean. But like, yeah. what, if, you're, if you're at the heavyweight threshold, right? It's like you're over a certain weight and then the cap is... 205 to 265. No, but you're supposed to... Like, let's say, if, let's say they're, in, they're within six pounds of each other at, at the time of boxing. What, what would it be like? Would we be able to do that? No, I don't think they have to though. No, they well, don't. I'm, they just have to well, make. They just have to be at least two hundred five, and they can't be heavier than two six. I mean, they, they can do whatever they want. Like I, it's their own private box, and it's an exhibition, so it wouldn't be sanctioned. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. That's what. Of, that's what I'm saying. Is that are they meeting at the same weight or no? Let's just say no. they're meeting where they're at right now. Yeah, like no. So they, they can make the fuck they want to weigh. I just think physically that's hard to overcome for CT. As, as much as I think if they met at the same weight, I think CT would win. I think CT wins and I think he'd be the favorite just because Fessy might be bigger and he might've played football, but CT's just a freak. Like he just has conditioning and cardio and he'd probably wear Fessy down and then that would be it. Fessy also has boxed before pretty, like he was in a celebrity box match on ago where he won pretty convincingly. I think he's in the ring a little bit now. Yeah. Um, and I think like the weight thing is just a, a different factor to me. Mm-hmm. Third, third question. How much would you pay to see it? Eh, I don't not, care not as much, much as you think. I don't care I don't, that much. Either. I don't care. I would pay twenty bucks. I, I guess like, if they but, did it, I would pay it to cover it, like we would for the podcast. But like, I wouldn't voluntarily pay for it. What if What if they asked you to be ringside commentator? Oh, I would definitely do that. Oh, I would do that. Yes. Yeah, no problem. Am I, am I allowed to fight somebody during the boxing match too, or no? The yeah, you're gonna fight Polly. <laughs> Uh, are, we meaning, are we meaning to get the same weight or no? No, 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 Rob. Here's the, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna sweeten the deal for you. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be you and Pat Mayo is the undercard. No, no. Okay, well, if, if you're Pat commentating, Rob, I'll do that. If if you're commentating, Rob, your color commentator is Montana. Oh God! <laughs> it's gonna be Thank you. The, the comment the commentating crew is gonna be the three of us, uh, Maria Manunos and Mosley. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good crew that's a good crew actually you know what i would like to watch mosley and tj go at well no because tj had the head injury never mind that's not funny yeah. I'll, I'll be the undercard with gus or whoever wants to fight me if they yeah you and gus can fight i'd pay to watch that like i would yeah. pay 50 bucks to watch you and gus box that would I, think, I, I like i mean i, I don't know if people know that I'm, I'm like i'm in that in the gym every day i'm in good shape like i can i can squat two seven i did 12 reps of 275 yesterday and i weigh 145 so like i'm in good shape but I just need people to come meet me in my weight class. Do you think? Do you think you would be able to take Montana? Uh, yeah, but I also think I wouldn't want to be in the same like location as Montana. The problem so is, is that Rob would fall asleep boxing Montana. That's exactly that's my point. Yeah, I think I can't be in the same location as Montana. We we, we brought or I brought this up on a, a thread uh, between I think it was the three of us and Pat. Who wins in a hall brawl between Rob and Ayana? I think I could handle myself with Diana, but she I just also... has too much size on you. She's so much bigger than you. How much more does she weigh than me, dude? I bet you she's over two hundred. No. Yeah, dude, she's big. She's I would, tall. I would, I would put her in the 180, 190 range. No, she's way bigger. I'm, I'm That's a lot of weight, man. Because the thing is, what did you say you weigh? You weigh one forty five. I'm between one forty five and one fifty. The thing is, is Rob so would cover more distance on you? I, I think I could be okay. You got fifty pounds on you. Rob. We don't know how much we we, we don't need to have this discussion. We, I think she's I think she's over. I think she's over that too. That's a thing. I would pay to see that. We should start a GoFundMe for Rob. Rob. I'm not doing that. Rob, I, Rob, I'd rather 
I'm not doing that. I'm not Rob versus Ayana and Hall Brawl. Winner gets to choose which charity they get the money. I, to. I have, we're not, I'm definitely, I'm behind. No. Yeah, we're, we're not doing that. Um, one thing I really did want to talk about to only before we get out of here. So on Tori's Challenge Mania interview, she mentioned a couple things. One that uh, the, so the post they did at the end, that none of them took any longer than like six seconds to put it in. They just put it in and did it. There was no like trying to remember the code or anything. That didn't oh, make so sense they just, to me when it they aired. Just, they just made it more dramatic and made yeah, it Yeah, like just editing chicanery. Because like that didn't make sense to me when it aired. Like you're going to put in the wrong code a bunch of times and get the right one without going back up. Like I don't know how that happens really. Um, and she also said that her and Kyle were ahead for a decent amount. And there was a point where they had to grab this like flag that they didn't air. And so a PA pointed them in a certain way, but then um, I guess there was a miscommunication between the Kyle and the PA with how they pointed. So they like, Kyle like jumped off this like cliff into this divot and Kyle was like in this divot looking for this flag and Tori's like, it's not there. So then I, that's when Casey, cause remember there was a point in time where you could see Tori ahead of Casey. And mm-hmm. that's when Casey passed them and then Casey and CT were able to get to the, uh, so, so damn, so if the PA hadn't misdirected Kyle or Kyle didn't mishear the producer, they probably would have won. It's potentially. And that's just what she's saying. But I did think that was interesting. Because at the same time, we don't know how close it was, right? We, 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 see, we saw them, like Rob said, type in the code a bunch of times. That clearly didn't happen. We really well, we don't could, know. We could, well, they, they all said that they were like, Devin said this too, that Tori, and I don't know how he knows because he wasn't there. But they had, uh, Tori and uh, Kyle were like 15 seconds behind. Like They were close. Yeah, because when they the were part- when when CT and Casey were running up to the keypad, you could see Tori and Kyle yeah. behind them by like fifty yards. And then if they all did it instantaneously, then they would have been right behind. The other part that we didn't bring up, I know that we discussed this amongst ourselves, and uh, someone told me this, a, a friend told me this last week. But on the first day, so episode eighteen, the last puzzle before they were able to choose which teams that they were on the the line puzzle right the wire yeah. wire oh, puzzle. we should have brought this up yeah there yeah. were there were multiple people who were unable to complete that without the help of production so production essentially stepped in helped them complete it just to continue the final and well, one i want to know who it who, who it was and two i think there should be some type of penalty for that in the same way that there should have been some type of penalty for nelson essentially being needed to be saved during the swimming portion. Well, what Devin said is that he was the first one done and it took him 15 minutes still to finish it. Like it still took him a really long time. And I think he even had some assistance from production. So I'm curious if at that point, if there was some issues with how it was designed, if it took everyone that long and everyone needed the the PAs to step in. And they said, he said too, it was like Devin finished and then CT was a couple minutes behind him. And then Tori was like 40 minutes behind behind (laughs) him. Like it was like a long time. So I, maybe there was just an issue with it, too. We had, we've seen a couple of times they've actually had puzzles that were designed inappropriately. Don't work. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, how did, like that, which is unacceptable, by the way, to me. Like, remember World of the Worlds 2, the puzzle, the tangram at the very end that neither team could do? I think there was somebody at the end of that who said that, like, they, they just messed that one up. Like, it, it was just wrong. Kind of like how Brad and did yeah, the like elimination Kyle, correctly, exactly. and then they had to, you know pay him some money later for screwing up <laughs> i mean how, how far off is this from the wwe at some point with these things i guess i, mean, it's I think it's, it's not scripted. i think it's, it's closer just, to that than a lot of people think it is it's not scripted but it's also like there's just so many just rampant production manipulation and errors and not even manipulation like trying to produce a certain result just 
weirdly and poorly designed things. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's anyway, let, let's start to bring this home. So before we go, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up from Reunion. One thing that actually, like, I had to give Amanda huge props for this. Besides the fact that she was just the MVP of the Reunion, because it would have been dead without her. <laughs> uh, she was talking about how, you know, she was done with Fessy after the Dallas incident. She specifically talked about how, you know, whoever she dates and is with, you know, she has to take her son into account for it because he's going to be a male role model for her son. And so like, she can't mess around with people like Fessy because that that's just not good because she has to take that into account. I thought that was really cool and brave of her to say that out loud on stage. Cause that's a, that's a tough, bitter truth to have to tell people. And I was very like, I I'm a much bigger Amanda fan than I already was after this reunion even though I feel like she's overboard, like she needs to put a little bit of a filter on, like just a little bit because she's wrong. I, I thought the thing with her saying Emmanuel wants a call back when he's trying to step when Amanda's in 85% of the segments that are on the reunion was a bit much. Like he's just trying to talk. Like at least he's willing to talk on like half the people on the stage. Like and that's what we need. We need people to that. That was the one thing that yeah. I did laugh about. I will say this made me laugh throughout the reunion. You could just see on Michelle's face. I have made a mistake doing this show. <laughs> I should not be here. <laughs> I am never doing this again. Like How did her, I get involved with these people. Yeah. Like I, she I, yeah. Fuck I already, made, I already gonna, made a million dollars. Do yeah, I really this? Why they're going to need an upper paycheck. She ain't coming back. I guarantee. No, I think back. she would come back. She liked everything. Uh, non-Amanda related. She seemed to like a lot of the other parts of the show. Um, just, I, funny, I do think like Tori, Amanda, and Michelle would be like three of the five women I would actually want back from this season. They've just created an environment where people are don't want to be back, right? They need to create an environment where people are excited to do the show. But like we, you say that, but I, like I said, I ju- we just saw all these things where, where, where Tori and Issa and Devin were talking on their episode about all the fun things they had this season, how everyone liked being there. They're like, just like editing it being there. You think that's the consensus for everyone that was on the show? No, I don't think it's a consensus by any means, but I okay. think that's a, the opinion of a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, and even I'll take in my personal interaction with CT when I met him. You know, he's like, this next season is going to be really good, man. And then it started airing and I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, granted, I did kind of know he was going to win because when he said it's going to be a good season, he gave me a real exaggerated wink. So it was like a pretty good cue that he was probably going to win. I, I got duped in all these bets, apparently. <laughs> That's why I didn't bet on the winner. If you noticed, I try to stay out of bets where I think I know what's going on. Uh, so I try well, to be well, fair. I could take okay. advantage of you and I did it. <laughs> well, before we got up here, too, we have to do a quick outfits recap with this one with the thing the prince outfit that emmanuel was wearing was just, what what well, that was crazy well, um, no. yeah like I, that that was how just, much that, money did he spend on that outfit because that could not have been cheap i don't know do you think how much do you think they get comped for the outfits i bet you that was way less than you actually think i bet it was made out of tinfoil you know oh, like Emmy made it in her basement I, I think that's i think it's one of those outfits that you can't it, it's it, it's not it's not an outfit it's a costume right yeah it was a holiday yeah it was made to be worn once or twice right and it's just gonna fall apart when he takes it off yeah (laughs) there's that there's also the fact that like i know ct was uh was filming the show but i half think that they were like all right ct you need to wear a suit and he's like well i'm not showing up and i'll I'll just radio in with my sweater well he was filming the movie he literally couldn't be there so he was um, in a hotel room wherever he was filming the movie. Nelson also was wearing like seven different layers. If you saw it, he had like a scarf with like two jackets and two uh, two other shirts. There was a lot going on there. 
I did appreciate that Nelson owned what he did. Like that was really cool. Like like, so many people try to double talk their way out of it. He's like, no, I did it. You kind of have to, it's on TV. That was, that was nice, but at the same time, I did not need to go over the Nelson Burner relationship. No, again. I'm I needed that zero. Oh, I thought they were fun. In my life, I never need to hear about that again. I didn't think that they were a bad couple. I, I just, I just <sighs> hope and pray that next season we don't get Nelson's boot camp followed by Corey's boot camp later in the season. Like I just really, don't I like the boot it. camps. Corey's boot camp was fun. When they are all like when Kyle's like not participating and Corey's like struggling to get everyone rallied together. Nelson's like wearing all his ruby gear. Like, right, I feel like out. during while that all was going on, CT was having a cigarette on the steps going. And then all so when they talk about the couples that we didn't see, and they mentioned Kells and Tori for one that was aired. That was but also, aired, but also like Nelson had yelled Kells, aka, and they didn't like aka anything afterwards. He just said Kells also like Kells also known as when they were saying who are the other couples that were not there, which I thought was funny. All right. All last right, words. last bit. Literally, literally the last words you you will ever say about spies, eyes, and allies. We and will then, never spies, eyes, and allies again after this. No, it'll probably it. it'll it'll come up in future things. I'm sure to some degree. Oh, I don't know. Again, like I need to say, I'm gonna I'm actually really gonna look at it for me and see where I'd put this season with the other ones because there were elements I did enjoy. Even if this this finale to me again was, I, I thought this final was one of the two or three worst the show has ever done. I, I thought it was that bad. And I thought that the end result actually delegitimized a lot of the storylines they've been building throughout the season. So th- that, that's a real black mark for me. Okay. Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy holidays. We wish everyone uh, a safe couple of weeks as they travel around wherever they need to go and be with family. So thank you for your listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.